Welcome to day 355 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, the drama of Scripture. We've begun uh, with the New Testament story of creation, which uh, we saw beautifully portrayed, you know, in yesterday's passage in Revelation chapter 4, uh, as God is honored for the one who creates and gives us, you know, our substance and our being. And of course, Paul would remind us in, in Ephesians, not only were we created by him and did we have our being in him, but we were created for him. And then we move, you know, to this beautiful place where we move from, you know, creation, one of the great works of God, you know, to redemption, the foundational work of God by which he brings us into relationship with himself and reconciles all things uh, to himself. So we move from Revelation chapter 4 to chapter 5. I'm Paul, here with Cindy and Matt as we continue our journey, you know, through the book of Revelation. Heavenly Father, open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your word. Thank you for the vision we, we see of you. And we, like John, are overwhelmed by your presence. While he saw you, you know, face to face, we are seeing you in his words. And uh, there are no words that can contain your majesty and your glory. And we pray as we read that you would enlarge our vision of who you are, stir our affections for you. And, and Father, call us. Uh, even deeper into the walk that we have with you through our union with Christ, in which we're transformed into his image. May you do your work in our lives today for your glory and for the joy of those around us. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Revelation 5. Then I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll. No one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits that God sent out into all the world. He went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne, and when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands uh, times ten thousands. They encircled the throne and the living creature and the elders in a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and, and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. For living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down, and, and they worshiped. So we have the completion of the throne of God uh, with uh, you know, the, the lion from the tribe of Judah. 
and I love the transposition that takes place. Mm-hmm. He's introduced to you know Christ as you know the lion of the tribe of Judah who has been victorious. And yet when he looks, the images he sees, and this is just such a nice play, is not the powerful lion, but the slain lamb in humility who has redeemed uh, you know, all of humanity. Mm-hmm. And then this wonderful display of worship you know, that takes place there. Everything that God has made worships him. Every creature that he has made worships him. And all of them you know, look to the worthiness of the lamb uh, you know, who sits on the throne. And what a great image, too, of... Yeah. <clears throat> he, he, he's, yeah, he, he looks to see a lion. He sees a lamb, a lamb that had been slain, and, mm-hmm. and yet those images that you know, John draws our attention to are those images that we see in the Old Testament. You know, that represent the promises of God to bring about our salvation, you know, ultimately through the one who has been slain through that suffering servant. Mm-hmm. You know, but you get the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. You know, and, and just those those great promises that God had made that He will be the one who ultimately does bring an offspring. You know, and it almost be. traces our entire story. You know, doesn't you know from you know beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, you know obviously from you know from the tribe of Judah, God's promises to Abraham to all the nations of the earth would be blessed through him, and of course Abraham's blessing before he uh, you know before he passes off the scene on Judah. Uh, the one through whom the scepter will come. And then, of course, you have David as a king after God's own heart and the promise that one day I'll place on your throne and went after you. And you have that regal image, mm-hmm. you know, of powerful reigning one, you know, the lion. And then you also have that weak image of, of, of the lamb, which was symbolic of, you know, of the, of, of the Passover or the the initial mill in which the people of God, you know, were formed. So all of those things are coming. Our entire story kind of gets uh, wrapped up in this moment. Yeah. No, I love the image too. Um, when you see this angel proclaiming in a loud voice, you know, who is worthy to break open the seal and open this, break the seals and open the scroll. And you hear again that no one, no mm-hmm. one in, in all of heaven or earth or under earth could open it. No one was worthy. And that there was this lament, or there was there was this weeping, um, and then you see the one who is worthy, like you said, the sl- the slain lamb, walk over. I mean, what a dramatic you know vision this all is. But he is the one that is is able to open. And, and you have uh, you know, of course in the, in that scroll with the writing on both sides, yeah. you know, which uh, symbolizes its completeness. And the seven seals, you know, also its completeness. And of course the the. Uh, the scroll will, you know, contain the unfolding, mm-hmm. you know, of the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, as those seals are open, they're, they're going to be terrible seals. Mm-hmm. In other words, the consequences of each one of them are going to bring further persecution and yet further presence of God with his people, you know, through persecution, mm-hmm. you know, as, 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 they, as they go through it. But what it tends to show us is the uh, the sovereignty of God, you know, you know, we tend to think when our worlds unravel around us, you know, mm-hmm. things are out of control. No, there's one who's firmly in control. He's written it down. He sealed it with seven seals. And he has entrusted, you know, its uh, implications or, or not its implications, its implementation mm-hmm. uh, to the one who was slain for us. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have God's sovereign control of history. And the one who is for us is the one who is unfolding Mm-hmm. and worthy to unfold that history. And, and so it calls for our calmness in the middle of mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of the persecution that we're facing. Yeah, that calmness and, you know, that unwavering trust or that perseverance of just 
you know, just continuing to trust him who is yeah. worthy. And we see just how central the death and resurrection of Jesus is. Mm-hmm. I mean, even here, it's, it's just, I love the irony in a sense where, you know, he sees a lamb that looks like it had been slain, but it's standing at the center. You know, slain lambs don't stand. And and yet something significant had happened that this lamb Mm -hmm. who was slain has now been raised and is standing and ruling and reigning over all things and he's worthy. And and that goes right into the the song they sing, Mm -hmm. you know, that because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe, language, people, and nation, you know, just the extent uh, of the atoning work of Christ that he is... He is redeeming a people from every tribe, language, tongue, and nation. You know, and he's he's transformed us into the very people of God that we were always, you know, supposed to be. That we're now kingdom and priests to serve God and will reign on earth. You know, so just fulfilling the call, you know, of, of God's people. He he, it's because of what he's done. And so I just love those images and and just the image of a slain lamb now standing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's also compelling of the beauty. You know, obviously. You know the division of the nations and the languages is part of part of our fallen character. But even in that, uh, he's redeemed it. And when John sees this, he doesn't see just kind of a, you know, a, a um, homogenous kind of people that of all. Mm-hmm. He, he sees all the differences that are displayed in creation together as one people who have one song. Mm-hmm. And, and what a beauty! And he, and he takes it down not to just you know every you know every you know, a nation, but to every tribe within nations and every tongue within tribes. Mm-hmm. And, and you just have the beautiful diversity of all of creation uh, brought together around the work of the Lamb, you know, who was slain before the foundation of the earth and the beauty of all worshiping together. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing, you know, we ought to talk about, you know, that we would certainly talk about if Katie were here with us, you know, today is, is just the visceral nature of worship. Mm-hmm. You know, worship is not, you know, just kind of sitting, you know, casually in a seat and reciting the Apostles' Creed. It's a, mm-hmm. people fall, you know, before, mm-hmm. you know, before God and they proclaim and they can't, you know, these creatures can't stop saying, holy, holy, holy. It's not, you know, worship and then done. Uh, you know, uh, our worship ought to be deep. It ought to be visceral, and ought to be at the very heart of who we are mm-hmm. and of everything we do. So it's been a wonderful week, you know, mm-hmm. in the Book of Revelation, as we've uncovered a lot of these you know, images and we think about these images. And uh, you know, the words that we hear only kind of take us to the very edge of the reality that lays behind them—the grandeur, the majesty, and the sovereign power of our Lord and the deep love that He has given for us. Uh, by giving us Christ Jesus, who by his blood ha- has purchased us. Mm-hmm. So it's been a wonderful week in, in, in the book of Revelation. Uh, we have some psalms for you to read tomorrow, and of course we hope you'll gather with the people of God to express uh, the worship of both the Lamb and the one who sits on the throne uh, deep within our being and to be transformed by him. Father, thank you uh, for your presence, for your power, for who you are, Uh, May you enliven our hearts to worship you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.